2: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive pre-emergent
3: herbicide.
0: The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young.
3: And good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Mendaco. Talk to your Mendaco dealer or visit mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Brought to you by UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA has fuel cards to meet your needs. Find the fuel card that's right for you at ufa.com. And brought to you by Assiniboil Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Here's what we got cooking for today. Saskatchewan Crop Report is out, saying rain came but wasn't around long enough to help with topsoil moisture. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture, Pulse Canada, and Alberta's Premier are on the growing list of people wanting the B.C. port strike to end now. And a global agribusiness acquired the Pulse Prairie Pulse Incorporated facility at Vanscoy. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRN Agri-News Director Ryan
3: Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Warm weather and widespread rain this week helped crop development, but it didn't stay for very long to help out topsoil moisture. That's according to the Saskatchewan Crop Report released today. And Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says crops are advancing normally.
4: So flowering canola is a really common sight throughout the province right now, with 60% of canola in the flowering stage. Just over half i.e. 56% of this year's flax crop is in the stem extension stage, and fall cereals are beginning to fill across the province, with 51% of the year's crop heading out and 36% at a dough stage. Spring cereals are not far behind, 43% of the crop is heading out. Pulses are the most diverse across the province in staging, with 28% in vegetative stages, 29% is flowering, and 40% is beginning to pod.
3: Generally, the northern part of the province got more rain than the south.
4: The Odessa area, however, recorded the most rain received for this week with 42 millimeters. Prince Albert and also received significant amounts of rain with 40 and 37 millimeters, respectively. Although rain was received, the warm temperatures ensured it did not stay long, and soil moisture began to diminish this week. Cropland topsoil moisture is 1% surplus, 42% adequate, 42% short, and 15% very short. Hay and pasture topsoil moisture follows a very similar pattern, with 36% being adequate, 42% short, and 21% very short.
3: Ladoon also noted crop damage this week from scatter, scattered hailstorms to crop diseases.
4: So crop damage this past week comes from scattered hailstorms that move throughout the province, mostly in the north, also heat stress and wind damage from this past week. Plow winds were also seen in the north of the province, and many producers out scouting their fields for potential wind damage. In addition to environmental damage, there's also grasshoppers, other insects, and gophers are a primary concern for our producers. Crops diseases are also beginning to appear this week after wet and humid conditions accompanied the heat.
3: Haying is also underway in the province.
4: So just under half, i.e. 48% of the hay crop has been cut for the first time this year. 23% of that hay has been baled or silaged, and the quality of hay from the first cut is good to fair. Maine producers are hoping for a good quality second cut of this year as well. Producers are closely monitoring their pastures this year as well, with pasture conditions ranging from good to good which is 36 percent of pastures to fair 32 percent of pastures and poor which is 20 percent of pastures
3: ladune also had a reminder for producers about spraying
4: when spraying producers are reminded to always read the label or follow recommended recommended rates and the 2023 guide to crop protection is also available online or at regional offices to help producers out with their spraying decisions.
3: Mackenzie Ladoon is a crops extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, based in Moose Jaw.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. Prairieeaves The strike of over 7,000 BC port workers is in its sixth day, and the list of organizations wanting it to end is growing. Todd Lewis, the second vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, says patience in the farming community is running thin.
5: No, I don't think there's any patience at all with this. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I think uh, farmers expect to be able to move their product, and the unions uh, certainly. uh, are a big part of moving our product, but at the same time, uh, we need to see them uh, on the job and, and uh, getting that product moved. And so, I would say the patience uh, in the egg community—it's uh, <laughs> short and probably getting shorter as the strike goes on. So, you know, I hear from uh, from virtually everyone involved, that, you know, in the egg community that uh, they want to see this uh, resolved, and lots of concern around uh, this work stoppage.
3: Lewis says the Port of Vancouver plays a crucial role in exporting various egg products around the world.
5: Even things like uh, agricultural machinery parts or, you know, other other pieces of agriculture. I mean, there's lots of, uh, of things that are involved with agriculture, uh, be it even some chemicals and so on, that may ship through the port as well. So. Uh, it's not only grain, uh, you know, certainly we're gonna, we're seeing uh, it impact container traffic at the moment, which uh, a lot of our pulses move uh, by container. And of course, with a, shut, you know, a shutdown like this, there will be a backlog and supply chain, and uh, it's going to take time to catch up.
3: Another group concerned about the strike is Pulse Canada. Vice President of Corporate Affairs with Pulse Canada, Greg Northey, says grain has been lined up to move through the ports months in advance,
2: but now it's all stuck. Pulse crops utilize Vancouver and Prince Rupert extensively. So from a containerized, and this is particularly for containerized grain, there's about 5 million tons each year of containerized grain that moves through those ports. About 3.5 million of that is pulse and special crops. And so it's, they're extremely important. And so right now those terminals that would usually be handling those containers of grain are shut down. And so we have no movement at all. And it's serious, right? We've had uh, that grain lined up for months to move through those ports at this time of the year and it just can't move. And so either it's sitting at origin in Saskatchewan, or Alberta or Manitoba, or it's sitting at ports on the dock or at a transload. And so uh, we can understand certainly that negotiations need to happen, but we're approaching the point where Canada's reputation is, is a jeopardy just by the nature, particularly of the containerized supply chains.
3: Northey says the strike has global ramifications with ships lining, lined up waiting or skipping Canada altogether, slowing down the global supply chain, as well as driving up inflation. Even when a deal is made eventually, Northey believes clearing the backlog could take weeks.
2: Very likely. So if you, you know, there's four, four vessels can unload usually at a time in, in Vancouver. And so, if, you know, we're, we're staring at eight vessels. There's about 12 vessels in total that are, have been looking to dock in, in Vancouver alone. And so, you know, as they, as they keep stacking up, it takes about two days, three days to unload a vessel. And so, you know, it's just, it's going to be weeks. And so some of that stuff is perishable, there's foods, there's fish, there's all kinds of things. So, you know, it's big, it's going to take a while to, to unwind uh, the impact of this.
3: Federal Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan is urging the International Longshore and Warehouse Union and the B.C. Maritime Employers Association to resume negotiations. But right now, both sides aren't even in the same room and have no plans to meet anytime soon, as taking that stance is starting to have a domino effect. Canadian Pacific Kansas City says it's placing temporary embargoes on export traffic to the Port of Vancouver, Alberta's transport minister said this week trains on the prairies were already starting to back up, including trains hauling grain and fertilizer to the coast. A spokesman with CPKC says the railway wants a swift resolution to protect North American supply chains, Canada's economy, and our reputation as a reliable supplier. Talks between the two sides remain deadlocked over maintenance issues. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith says she will bring up the issue directly with the Prime Minister when Justin Trudeau arrives in Calgary for the start of the stampede.
6: I have a meeting with the Prime Minister on July the 7th, and of course this will be a topic of conversation. The The, the Parliament isn't scheduled to return until September, and from what I've seen, the two parties seem to be moving further away rather than closer together. This would be devastating for Alberta. Alberta had... As I understand, it, in 2021, 12.4 billion dollars of goods go through British Columbia ports, and so every single day we are are seeing disruption. I'm going to be attempting to arrange a call with the uh, the, the industry partners in in uh, at the negotiating table, but our request has been that the Parliament needs to return to uh, to to end the to to end this and to to order people back to work. It is an essential service and it is massively disruption disruptive to our economy and the economy of saskatchewan saskatchewan is also weighed in as well so there will be some conversations over the coming days but the, this can't drag on for weeks or months we we need a resolution we, we'd love to see both sides get to the table come to a common ground but we're, we we understand that uh, that they're not moving closer together and that requires federal intervention
3: earlier the president of the union made it clear they want the government to stay out of this dispute Employers, meanwhile, are asking for the dispute to go to binding arbitration.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young.
3: Now today's ag review with Rod McDonald of GX94 brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenville, Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers.
7: Saskatchewan producers can have at it. After July 8th, anyone can cut and bale hay along provincial roadways without permission from the nearby landowner as long as no mowing or hay recovery is underway by the adjacent landowner or leasee. Cutting along provincial highways improves sight lines, helps control brush and noxious weeds, and provides a neat appearance. Cutting also optimizes snow storage in ditches, reducing drifting on the road in the winter. No signs the two sides in the six-day-old strike at B.C. ports will be returning to the bargaining table. The B.C. Maritime Employers Association now says binding arbitration could swiftly end the job action by more than 7,000 workers. Talks stalled on Monday, and business groups, including many agriculture organizations, are urging Ottawa to legislate an end to the strike. But Federal Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan has so far resisted those calls. The annual meeting of the Canada-U.S.-Mexico Agreement Free Trade Commission will take place today and tomorrow in Cancun, Mexico. The trading partners will discuss issues related to the trade pact. These issues include U.S. complaints over Mexican policies to limit use of genetically modified corn imported from the U.S., and over Canada's allocation of dairy import quotas that U.S. officials have said hurt U.S. producers. The global food price crisis is far from over. That comment comes from the managing director of the World Bank. Despite lower commodity prices, more protectionism could worsen the situation for developing nations in the face of severe economic downturns. A World Bank report this week said many countries, including 17 of the G20 members, have implemented measures that restrict trade. The World Bank has warned the combined effects of the food price crisis and the financial crisis will exact a heavy toll on the poor and increase the number of hungry and malnourished in the developing world. Alberta's potato industry is thriving. The potato growers of Alberta released what's called a landmark study on the economic impact the industry is having in the province. The report outlines the significant growth of Alberta's potato industry in recent years and documents its economic impact. The study estimated the total economic contribution of the potato sector in Alberta at over two and three quarters of a billion dollars and a farmer in Saskatchewan is sent what appears to be a very costly emoji. Swift current farmer Chris Archer has been ordered by a judge to pay more than $82,000 for not delivering product to a grain buyer after responding to a text message with a thumbs up image. The farmer argued that the emoji only indicated that he'd received the contract not that he accepted the terms. In the Court of King's Bench decision, released in June, the judge points to a dictionary.com definition of the thumbs-up emoji which says it's used to express assent, approval, or encouragement in digital communications. And that's today's ag review I'm Rod McDonald.
0: It's your Agri-Weather Forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
3: Today, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers with a risk of a thunderstorm. Winds from the southwest at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 27. Tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers this evening and after midnight. Then it'll be clearing before morning, also a risk of a thunderstorm this evening. Winds from the northwest at 20, then becoming light, a low of 9 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny, then partly cloudy. Winds from the north at 20 kilometers an hour near noon. High of 23, the low 9. Saturday, sunshine, high of 28, the low 13. Sunday, sunny, high of 27, a low of 8. Monday, sunny, high of 21, the low 10. Tuesday, sunshine, high of 27, the low 13. And Wednesday, part the cloudy, high of 25 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 25, normal lows 11. Sun rose at 4.55 this morning, and the sun will set at 9.11 tonight. Taking a look around the province: in Estevan and Weyburn, twenty-seven; Swift Current, Saskatoon, and Yorkton, twenty-three; hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Yellow Grass at twenty-eight; cool spot in Collins Bay at thirteen. In Regina, it's mainly sunny; north wind at fourteen; humidity at thirty-eight percent; temperature twenty-four degrees or seventy-five Fahrenheit; barometric pressure at one o one point three and falling. Down the road in Moose Jaw, part the cloudy, north-northwest wind at 8, temperature 25 degrees. Once again in Regina, mainly sunny, north wind at 14 kilometers an hour, temperature 24
8: degrees. Back in a moment. As spraying and hang season begins, Harry, Justin, and Devin Shepherd of Shepherd Realty would like to send their best wishes to farmers for a safe and successful farming season and applaud them for all contributions to this great province. The Shepherd Realty team are proud to be part of Saskatchewan's vibrant agricultural community and want to thank clients past and present for their business. Contact Shepherd Realty in Regina, 306-352-1866, shepherdrealty.ca.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
3: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalauction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems. Expect the best. One of the four large global agribusiness companies has purchased the Prairie Pulse Incorporated facility at Vanscoy to increase its pulse processing footprint in Saskatchewan. Archer Daniels Midland will double the company's processing in the region. Aaron Brown is ADM's commercial manager for Western Canada.
9: I think one of our objectives has been to grow our pulse origination and, and trading in Canada. Our growing footprint in our destination marketing as well as expansions in uh, our nutrition portfolios have left us a little bit of a hole in Canada from a pulse origination perspective. We've got uh, a facility in North Battleford and uh, the facility in Vanskoi is a nice complement to add to our grower origination.
8: There's 12,000 metric tons of bulk storage at Vanscoy. What, what does the company have in mind for Vanscoy in the coming months?
9: I think from a Vanscoy perspective, we're looking forward to introducing ADM to the farm base who, who are already dealing with us or other locations, you know, taking stock of, of the asset and uh, introducing some new products uh, that the, uh, the facility uh, adds to our portfolio and uh, increasing the throughput capacity on, on the facility as we expand and, and integrate some of the products in, into our ADM network.
8: Is it safe to say over the next three to five years you expect uh, things to expand and grow?
9: Yeah, we, we definitely want to, uh, we want to uh, leverage the facility and uh, increase throughput uh, through the facility, which will add more delivery opportunities for pulse growers in the region.
8: Mm-hmm. Are you reaching out to those producers uh, right now, or...?
9: Absolutely. This interview is part of that. You know I think we want to uh, to make sure that we're reaching out to our existing ADM customer base through our connection points with with our fertilizer groups, with our oil seed uh, procurement uh, teams, as well as uh, making sure that uh, the prairie pulse growers are are comfortable with the current staff uh, staying with the organization and uh, with ADM. Uh, Adding new opportunities for them.
8: So, how many people are working in Vanskoy Vanscoy at this facility?
9: Right now, there are currently uh, eight employees at the facility, and uh, you know, as we as we scale up production. And trading will, will definitely look to be adding to that in the coming months.
8: Mm-hmm. So ADM wants to, to get in on the ingredients business uh, down the line. Uh, this is probably the place to be if, if you want to process pulse crops. Uh, I know Raquette went to Portage, but there's a lot more pulses grown here. Uh, it seems to make more sense to be closer to where the pulse crops are grown.
9: No, for sure. I think you look at the Vanskoy area, it's in the uh, the heart of the pulse acres of, of Saskatchewan. And the proximity to Saskatoon for truck, rail, and container services uh, makes it one of the regions we were looking to invest for expanding our business.
8: Mm-hmm. Are you looking at a pretty big radius for some of these crops? I, I noticed chickpeas are, are on the list. A, a lot of them are, are usually grown a little further south.
9: Yeah, I think the radius is as big as it needs to be to, to source the quality products that our, uh, our in-use customers demand. Uh, and Prairie Pulse has has some of those existing relationships already in place, and we just want to continue to grow and leverage those.
3: Aaron Brown, ADM's commercial manager for Western Canada. ADM has acquired the Prairie Pulse processing facility at Vanscoy.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Ryan Young.
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. Science continues to play a pivotal role in ensuring Canadians have a safe source of affordable and abundant food. Advancements in plant breeding and gene editing will give farmers the tools to grow more food on less land. The following is an excerpt from the Ask a Farmer podcast produced by Canadian Food Focus. This is Ian Affleck, the Vice President of Biotechnology with Crop Life Canada.
1: Farming and agriculture has always been changing. Ever since we started growing crops instead of hunting wild animals kind of 10,000 years ago, we've been slowly improving the agriculture landscape, the way that we conduct farming. We've been modifying it. We've been enhancing it. We didn't know the science behind it for the first 9,000 years we were doing it. We were just doing it based on our gut and intuition. But then we apply that scientific method. We get all these great new technologies that come forward and we see the green revolution In the 60s and all this stuff coming together, information on how to farm, fertilizer, machinery, like tractors, diggers, harvesters, all kinds of cool stuff, all becoming available at the same time. And we see that huge increase in production on our existing acreages because we just have all these tools in our hands. And then I work in plant biotechnology. So this is plant breeding. Dozens of different plant breeding methods, but the ones people like to talk about are GMOs and gene editing. And those two technologies have just allowed plant breeders to make even better and better varieties that have a greater potential to deliver their yield at the end of the season because they're easier to manage the weeds in those varieties. It's easier to manage the insects or they're drought tolerant or they're more disease resistant, you name it. Giving tools to plant breeders so that they can give better tools to the farmer in terms of different varieties that the farmer can select for seed. So yeah, it's changed. Farming has changed in the last 30, 40 years, but farming's always been changing. This is just the most recent changes. If you don't have the benefit or the luck of having grown up on a farm or spent time around one, sometimes these technologies aren't gonna make sense as to why we need them. If you haven't tried to deal with weeds in a 200 acre field, you may not see the value of a herbicide tolerant crop. If you haven't seen a corn rootworm come through and ruin a field of corn, you might not understand how important it is to have that crop already have the protection built in. And that's not the fault of the consumer. They just haven't had the opportunity to learn. So I think it's great conversations like this where we can dive into those issues, talk about things the farmers are fighting constantly in their field and how there's companies out there and universities and research institutions that are trying to create new tools for those farmers to use in their endeavor to deliver food to us.
3: That is Ian Affleck, the Vice President of Biotechnology with CropLife Canada.
0: Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
3: Market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers in our community. Grain prices at Viterra are unfortunately unavailable at this time as the company is dealing with an email issue, according to a spokesperson. They are working to resolve the issue and have prices up as soon as possible. However, on the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is down six cents to $8.51 a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620
3: CKRM. Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the Livestock Quotes.
10: Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of July the 5th. No sale this week as we are shut down for yard maintenance. Our next sale will be Wednesday, July the 12th. If you got cow cows and bulls to move, next week would be the sale to bring them to. These cow cows and bulls are selling strong and active. Last week we had cows selling anywhere from 142 to 143, sales to 163, and the bulls were anywhere from 150 to 160, sales to 173. Some big uh, loads of cows listed are ready for next week, and this feeder market is on fire. Last week, 625 pound steers selling as high as 368, 715 pound steers as high as 329, and 800 pound steer as high as 302. Never seen that before. And a pen of black heifers, 700 pounds, top the market at 306. If you got cattle to move next week, Wednesday, July 12th, also next Wednesday, we will be selling, reselling these 4 H steers at 11 o'clock if anyone's interested. And if you got time, take in the Yorkton Exhibition Summer Fair. It started yesterday and goes right till Saturday. Watch all the activities and the action of the chariots and chuckwagon races. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day.
3: The latest pork prices are at $228.71 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report.
0: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRN. Here's Ryan Young.
3: Now the Resource Report. Brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306 721 6667. A report by Deloitte Canada forecasts crude oil prices will increase modestly over the next three months. The report by the firm's Resource Evaluation and Advisory Group says lower supply will begin to drain global crude inventories. Production cuts, including Saudi Arabia's recent announcement of an additional cut of one million barrels a day, should help to prop up prices despite weaker demand, the report says. Deloitte also says that seasonally high natural gas shortage levels in Europe, combined with lower demand due to warmer-than-expected winter weather, have pushed down natural gas prices and reduced demand for liquid natural gas imports as the lower global demand and higher production in North America have created volatile prices for Canadian natural gas over the past quarter. Deloitte suggests this could be exasperated this summer by higher-than-usual maintenance activities that will temporarily close some pipeline segments. A human rights advocacy group says it found allegations of dozens of labor and environmental abuses by Chinese-invested companies involved in mining or processing minerals used in renewable energy. The report, released Thursday by the London-based Business and Human Rights Resource Centre, found 102 cases of alleged abuses in all phases of using such minerals, from initial explorations and licensing to mining and processing. It studied supply chains for nine minerals, cobalt, copper, lithium, manganese, nickel, zinc, aluminum, chromium, and the so-called rare earth elements. Indonesia, with 27 cases, had the highest, followed by Peru with 16, the Democratic Republic of Congo with 12, and Myanmar with 11. On the markets, the TSX is down 295 points at 19,808. The Dow is down 413 points to 33,875. Oil is down 36 cents at $71.43 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.90 cents US. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada, Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.